The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Stand between a black man and his chicken. That's all I can say. <laughs> Shout out to uh, DoorDash, man. Getting the Compton quicker because nobody wants to get the Compton quick, man. <laughs> man, ain't nobody living in Compton, bro. <laughs> I know you don't live in Compton, fool. Which is something that just <laughs> they don't know that. God damn it. They know that, man. They know that that's just something that irritates you, that makes us go back and forth, that makes people go, I I like the dynamic between these two fools because Quincy gets on his nerves. And instead of ignoring Quincy, he lets Quincy get on his nerves. If you ignore me, it wouldn't be any fun. Nobody would think it would be any fun. And people would be like, I don't like this. It's not fun. But the, the fact that you fight back, that, that makes it funny. Nobody. What, what's that? I don't back down from nobody. <laughs> yeah, and that's what makes it funny. Get it, Mary. Yeah, that's what makes it funny. You're listening to the What's Up Falcons podcast with Rock Hoop Q, Aries Falcon, and keeping it sexy. LG. What's up? What's up? What's up? And welcome to the What's Up Falcons podcast. My name is Rock, and I'm joined with my boy Q in the house. What's going on, Q? Happy quarantine, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. I've been sitting in my outdoor living area for the past week now. <laughs> I'm, I'm covered in pollen. Right. <laughs> all right, man. And we're. And we're also joined with the one and only, keeping it sexy, Mr. Al G. What's going on, Al G? I'm too sexy for my shit. Hey, man, I mean, some people can quarantine, some of us still got to work, man, you know. Some of us still got to grind, you know, yeah, like, right. get to kick his feet up all week long. <laughs> some of us are lucky, some of us, you know, can't. we all can't be like yeah. you, you know. Hey, hey, hey! I've been I've been working on my acting skills. <laughs> we'll see. Me and me and the family, we've been working on our acting skills for real. My wife has been playing. Um, That's the next uh, move. Well, check this out. Check, well, yeah, check this out though. Well, listen, my wife, um, she's a um, she's a granddaughter. Her father has um, Corona disease and she desperately uh, needs a cure for it. And um, I happen to be a scientist that will, um, that has the cure for it. And she'll she'll do anything, she'll do anything to save her father. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's what's going on in my house. Bang, 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 bang. Bam, right on in that thing. Introductions rock. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> All right, <laughs> and also we're joined. Jimmy Johnson is worn out. <laughs> also, Hella we're joined ignorant. all the way from the West Coast with the notorious vid maker, vid maker, Mr. Aries Falcon. What's up, Aries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
what's going on, man? Uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich ain't all that. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't had one yet, but I'll take you your... I still choose Chick-fil-A. <laughs> man, I've been eating my wife's cooking for two weeks. I, I, kill a, I kill a motherfucker right now for a Popeye's chicken sandwich. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, you know we thank you. You know we recording this, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we just gotta get the news might, sometime. Might be, might be your last meal. <laughs> All right, fellas. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right guys. So we're back again, man. And uh, this episode, man, we have a special guest yeah. with us, man. We have uh, Mr. Scott Johns, and uh, you, most of our fans probably haven't heard of him, unless you follow us on Twitter, but uh, I found Scott uh, on Twitter because he posted a really cool video of his uh, man cave, and Scott is a huge Falcons fan, and he also works with him for the uh, for a team, so I reached out to him to see if he would wouldn't mind coming on our show and uh talking to us so uh he decided to do it and we really appreciate it so uh scott how, how, how are you man i'm good i'm good thanks for having me guys it's good to be on and uh and i, I got to listen to some of y'all's some of y'all's work and uh i was i was uh i was glad to be uh part of the show we didn't scare you did we no you listen no, to our rookie that's, hey, I'm here, on? that's crazy right. <laughs> that's crazy yeah <laughs> We have to ask that, man, because we get a little crazy on this. But, you know, of course, we just love having fun and talking about the birds. That's right. All right, guys. Well, um, <clears throat> so, you know, we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, again, we all know this Corona thing is still happening. And, uh, you know, but we're all seem to be still healthy. So keep it up and keep safe out there, everybody. Keep your hands washed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who is that? Oh, shoot, who is that? Well, most of us are still safe. <laughs> if you're not smoking weed right now, that was a terrible cough. <laughs> but uh, we yeah, want to... sound more like a cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's let's, let's uh, talk about this talk with Scott. So, Scott, you actually... You told me you actually work for a team, man. Do you... Um, Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so back in 2010, um, fortunate enough to get hired on uh, doing field goal nets. But before that, so 08 and 09, I had season tickets of my own, and right. and uh, I'm a longtime fan. Went to my first game in 2002, watching play the Chicago Bears, and um, man, just fell in love with the with the team and, and the NFL. And of course, I was a you know Mike Vick was was. You know what? What brought me in? He is, you know, right. he was incredible to watch. He was, you know, he's will always be my favorite athlete, and uh, it's, you know, that's what that's what brought me into the Falcons. You know, the, the brotherhood, as it were. And, right. Uh, so, 2008 and 2009, I had season tickets, uh, and then I was fortunate enough to run across someone who uh, who was part of the organization who brought me on to do the field goal nets and after a few years of doing that they they asked me to come on and help with the special teams too so I was helping the kickers and the punters and the returners and the whole unit and it was a uh, it was a great opportunity man and I've, I've watched so I'm about to start my 10th season with the team I have wow. seen some incredible seasons and I've seen some uh, some not so good seasons but I'll tell you I've, I've been incredibly blessed to be down there Wow. Uh, so you were you part of the you, were you part of the Super Bowl team too, twenty sixteen? 
Yeah, so I was I was employed with the team that year. Um, so worked the whole season, obviously regular season and uh, and postseason. And of course, we shut the Georgia Dome down in high fashion, beating the Packers in the NFC Championship game. That was probably one of the greatest uh, yeah, sports moments of my life, if not the greatest. That was incredible. I mean, I still have a still have a a big hand, two handfuls of confetti from the field that day that I still have and, and will always have. And it was just oh, a. Uh, just an incredible, uh, incredible moment for the for the not only the franchise but for the city, man. You know, for yeah. you know, for all the bad years we had in Atlanta, you know, yeah. with these Falcons, I feel like that was such retribution and such vindication for this organization for for that team to on the biggest stage they've ever been on in that stadium yeah. to have risen to the occasion and beat the Packers the way they did was just so satisfying to watch and I was so happy for the fan base oh, and the team. They brutalized the Packers in that game. Oh my oh, god. Oh man. I still watch that game on replay uh, right? on, periodically. So <laughs> it's it's all I got right now <laughs> for sports. Hopefully you didn't watch the ESPN Monday night football replay last night. No, you know what? And I remember the, watching um, that game and no, you yeah. remember that game oh, you man. saw? It? Okay. Oh, I remember okay. that game yeah. vividly. I remember. You know what's crazy is up until that point, and this is this is where I really felt like the that game got out of hand early. Of course, we all remember the infamous uh, the punt. You know, the, the punt, punt yeah. Steve yeah. Gleason and then those guys. And, and I'll tell you what really shook me in that game was I was watching that game, and up until that game, so you look, 2002 when Vic became a starter, 2003, which he didn't play because he broke his leg that year, but 04 and 05. He had the Saints number. The Saints could not contain him to save their lives. Right. And from the first snap of that game, they had Vic's number. They kept him contained. That defense was just swarming. And I go, if, you know, second drive the Falcons had, I said, this this game's not going to go our way. And you just knew it. It seemed like the, the Saints were just destined to win that game that night. And, and there was nothing the Falcons could do. And Jim Moore Jr. was just completely outcoached and outmatched by Sean Payton in his first year. And, and Drew right. Brees, it was, it was hard to watch. I'm thinking part of it was because they were able to shut down Algie Kumpler, man. Algie Kumpler was our dude, and they shut him down in that game. Yeah, they had an answer for him, and that was uh, how was any time you could... was good because Vic couldn't go deep. Yeah. <laughs> his, his passes were always mid, mid range. That's why yeah. he made he made he made Algie an all star. Crump is one of my all-time favorites, man. He, I, I've got a story when we start. When we start talking about the uh, the collection down here. I've got a nice LG Crumpler piece that I think you guys will appreciate. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. <laughs> oh, let's hear it, man. Well, well we're gonna we'll get to it later, uh, Q, because oh, he's going to describe his whole man cave and and and, uh, and tell us everything that he has. But I want to get here more about um, him hanging at the with the with the birds and uh, some intel that we could uh, or you know just stories that he has about the team. Uh, I, I think my so my my favorite and really as far as the team goes, I mean, I didn't get a lot of interaction with the players that really really were were big time. I got to I got to talk to Julio the first time he ever stepped on the field for an NFL game, which was uh, his rookie year, and we played the Dolphins that that evening. It was a preseason game, and nice. he steps on the field. If you guys remember John Parker Wilson, who was our backup quarterback at the time, we drafted mm-hmm. him out of Alabama. In fact, actually, he wasn't even drafted; mm-hmm. he was an undrafted free agent rookie out of Alabama. And he came on. He came out with uh, he came out with Julio, and they were throwing the ball around. And Harry Douglas comes out and joins him and stuff. And I, I got to sit there, and you know, I was standing right there, you know, waiting on my players to come out, 
you know, for, for field goals. And, uh, and Julio walks by and he had the dreads and man, he's just larger than life, man. You knew what the guy was all about. He comes out and he's just got this, this, this confidence about him. Yeah. And, he, and he walks out and he's, he's standing with Harry Douglas and John Parker Wilson. And, and uh, he, you could tell he was just kind of taking it all in and he was looking around and going, man, I made it. You know, this is, that was his welcome to the NFL moment in terms of his first, you know, submersion. And, uh, and, uh, Right. And I said, "Hey, man!" I said, "I said, welcome to the team. Welcome to Atlanta." So they treating you all right? And he kind of laughed. And he goes, "Yeah, man." He goes, "I'm." Uh, he goes, "I'm still getting used to everything." And he just kind of smiled that big smile he has. And I said, "Start, man. Well, good luck." And he's like, "Appreciate it." And uh, <laughs> you know, of course, I went. We we went our, our separate ways. I was just watching him warm up, just watching him catch everything in sight. And I was like, "Man, this kid's gonna be special." But uh, right. but that was cool to have an interaction with him. You know, moments after he stepped on the field for the first time. I mean, he's gonna end up in Canton, Ohio, one day in the Hall of Fame. So. Nice. You know, to have that memory of him was 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 really special. And uh, <laughs> another, I'm a big Matt Ryan fan too. Mike Vick will always be my guy, but uh, I'm a big Matt fan because he's been he's been the you know the the model of consistency here in Atlanta for a very long time. It's something that, quite frankly, we've never had. And uh, I was out on I was out at midfield uh, throwing the ball around with a trainer. Um, this was in 2013. We had the Saints in town on a Thursday night, and mm-hmm. um, I'm standing there at midfield. And, and Matt comes out like he always does with Harry Douglas, and, and Harry, <laughs> um, really cool cat man. I, I will never forgive him for tripping over his own feet in the NFC Championship game against the 49ers and costing <laughs> us that game on the wheel route. But I tell you, Harry was one of the coolest dudes. He really was. But uh, so I'm standing out there at midfield, and, and I, I looked over. Matt Ryan's standing there 10 feet from me, and I, I looked over, and I said, hey, we're not in your way, are we? And I knew damn well we weren't, but the point was to get to, to start up a conversation. He goes, no, no, you're good. Right. So I kind of I took a couple steps towards him, and he did he did the same, and I shook his hand. I got to sit there and talk to him, and, uh, and it was brief. It was, you know— it was a rough season, you know. 2013 was uh, was a really bad year for us, and, and I said, I said, hey man, keep your head up. He, he didn't need to hear this from a guy that works on the training staff at the time, but <laughs> it was nice for me to be able to say, hey man, keep your head up. You know, yeah, next yeah. season will be better. Let's just get through this and, and go handle these Saints. <clears throat> he said, he said, I appreciate that, man. He goes, it has been rough, and he, I, it was everything was kind of spinning. So, he, and I remember him saying, he said, we're we're gonna handle business tonight. Right. Which we didn't, but it was uh, it was it was cool to have that that interaction with him. Saints were Saints were pretty good that year, but um, it was cool to have that interaction with him. And, and uh, but I've I've had a handful of interactions like that over the years with, with certain right. players, but those are the ones that stand out. Just with Julio and Matt being kind of the faces of the franchise right now, those are the ones that I'll always remember and, and tell right. my son when he gets older. So Scott, you so you said you work a lot with um, special teams, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, any interesting stories like with. Uh, the, the previous uh, coach uh, for special teams, Mr. Uh, Keith Armstrong, because uh, we, we finally got a real good, if you're, you're a fan and, and seeing it from the outside, especially when they were on hard knocks, uh, we really got to see a little bit of Keith. And I think it's kind of made him sort of a legend now. Did you have any experiences with Keith or see any interesting things? Well, Keith yeah, yeah. In passing, yeah, Keith. You know, what something that people don't realize about Keith Armstrong is he is the reason that guy was with the organization for so long is because he's one of the most brilliant special teams minds uh, in, in the NFL, right. and he is he's one of those guys that just can he's he's so good with punt returns, setting up punt returns, uh, kick returns, punt coverage. I mean, the guy is just he's in code. He's been around for so long; it's what he does. You know, he endured uh, both coaching staffs here, right. uh, Mike Smith and. Uh, and obviously Dan Quinn, and, and there's a reason for that. Keith is, uh, 
when I study on game day, the guy is completely, he's just so even keel. I mean, he's got that, he's got that look in his eye, man. He's, he's always ready to go. And, right. and I'll say his players, his players love him, especially when Devin Hester was here. Devin Hester and him were inseparable. Wow. 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 Yeah. Devin was, was amazing when he was here, man. He, you know, um, it seems like we really hadn't had that good of a punt return since we had Hester here. But, um, no, and unfortunately, that that's kind of you know you you bring in a guy like like Hess, and he was funny funny story. My connection to Hester here, I've got a picture on my wall, uh, autographed Devin Hester's on that. Of course, you guys remember against Tampa when we beat them, when we hung fifty six on them on that Thursday night, and he returned that that kick. Yeah, he returned that that punt to break Deion Sanders' all time record, and uh, and he returned that to the end zone I was standing in and ran right by me. So I was you know kind of felt like I was part of history there <laughs> and uh, it was incredible I mean just to watch watch him he's a legend I mean Devin Hester is the greatest return man in the history of the NFL and it is just that guy is he's incredible probably one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen in person nice alright well uh, well we can move along a little bit man um, normally Scott we have a thing on our show called the good the bad the ugly where each one of us takes a turn and talking about the good and the bad and ugly of a particular game or a particular season so uh we always change it up but since you're on here i would like to do one with you and your thoughts the good the bad and ugly about the 2016 season i mean not the 2016 i'm sorry the previous season 2019 season since that one has pretty much become an infamous one for the falcons fan fan base so would you be cool about talking about the good things, the bad things, ugly things you, you saw or your thoughts oh, on it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I say what I'll do is I'll work backwards with that format. And, and I'll start with the ugly of last season and it's, the lack of pressure and, and the lack of first half consistency really, really was just the, the story of our season last year. I mean, you look at the first few games that we had, right. we came out so stale in most of our games in the first half of the season that we just created a hole that we, we couldn't climb out of. I mean, you look at the, uh, you look at the, uh, the Titans game, the Titans jumped out early on us. We never had a chance to catch back up in that game. The Colts, right jumped out Jacoby Brissett completed his first 18 passes in that game I mean we 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 just were so lackluster in the first half and it was up to I don't know it, it's we we made the in-game adjustments to get back into these games mm-hmm. to, to get within striking distance but the way we came out reflected a poor game plan and and I think that falls squarely on Dan Quinn's shoulders <clears throat> and I think where what really what really got lost on the team was I think you had I think you had um, Dan Quinn was doing too much yeah. And he didn't trust the guys around him, and because he took over, of course, you guys know this. He he was the he he assumed the defensive coordinator role last year. Right. And the problem with that is, it, it takes a very very special type of head coach to be able to assume two roles, to see holistically the overview of the team as a head coach is, is hard enough in the NFL. I mean, you're managing some of the greatest athletes and some of the highest paid athletes in the entire world. And you just have so much on your plate and you're trying to worry about travel plans and nutrition and all the things that, that come along with being a head coach in the NFL. But when you take on being a defensive coordinator at the same time, then you're getting into the nitty gritty and the schematics and, 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 you know, all the systemic 
preparation and it's just hard it's hard for it's hard for head coaches to do that and especially on the defensive side and, and look right. that's Dan Quinn's pedigree and we all know that but the problem is is he couldn't he couldn't juggle it and when he turned things over to Jeff Fulbrick and uh and Raheem Morris we saw right. we saw exactly how opportunistic that defense could be so you know the the ugly in my opinion to get to my first point is is right we just the defense came out flat and they just were so uninspired so undisciplined it was it was very very hard to watch and stay and stay optimistic about the season um my thing about that my quick question about that you brought that up um okay yeah we all saw how disjointed it was and it was like embarrassing actually at, at times but i guess two parter why did it take quinn so long to turn it around as far as you know relieving the duties and realizing that you, you know I can't do this you know I can't do be the defensive coach and the head coach and then number two why was it such a like a, a light switch type situation because at the end of the day he's the coach but the players have to play as well well, I think the I think the problem is what took him so long to relinquish the control was the fact that I think what he did is he would you know it, it's different when you're when you're in game and you're looking at things and you know, coverage just break down and and people aren't doing their job to, to coin right. a Billichek phrase they're not doing their job. <clears throat> it's easy to go back to the film room on Monday or Tuesday and go okay. Demonte KZ was out of was out of position on this play, or Desmond Trufant was out of position on this play. These are the things we need to clean up. So the first seven or eight weeks of the season, you, you're thinking as a as a as a coordinator and his coordinator mind, he's going, okay, these are the things we need to we need to tighten up these aspects of the defense, and we'll we'll be rocking and rolling. Right. Well, the problem is those things never happened, and part of it was scheme, and part of it was was just lack of execution right so i think i think the problem was you know dan dan didn't quite realize that he needed to hand over the reins to guys that could focus solely on just that and by the time he did realize it unfortunately we were one and seven and, um right. it was it was a little too late right right all right all right well i didn't mean to, to uh cut you off what was your your bad of 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 that uh 2019 season. I think it was the run blocking. I think it was. Uh, I think it was the lack of run blocking. And, and look, we had we had a promising, uh, at least on paper, the offensive line looked like it was going to be one that could that could get it done. And unfortunately, you know, with Chris Lindstrom going down with a foot injury, you know, that's never good. He was yeah. dominant when he was healthy. Caleb McGarry took his lumps as a rookie, and that's quite, that's what you expect. You know, you throw a you throw a rookie tackle in going. He's going to take his lumps. He's going to have good moments. He's going to learn from both, and, and you have to kind of roll with it. He had great games. I mean, he had games where he looked like a like he was going to be the the anchor on that right side for years to come, and then he had games where he looked like he you're, you're scratching your head going, man, why did we trade back in the first round to draft this guy? Right. And, and pretty much everything in between. So, but you know, Jake Matthews after the third week of the season was the highest rated uh, left tackle in the NFL, which was very promising. I mean, that guy's been you know very consistent over the years. Alex Math Alex Mack, excuse me, regressed a little bit this year, yeah. this last year. And uh, but you know, a lot of that was just uh, he was overwhelmed having having a turnstile at the two guard positions next to him puts a lot of pressure on him. Right. And uh, and, and that was just part of it. But overall the, the offensive line just played really, really terribly. 
Yeah. Um, and they didn't pass protect at all. Matt had Matt had defenders in his face uh, pretty much the entire first nine games of the year. But they they got better towards the end of the year. But overall, they were they did not live up to the expectation uh, from the preseason. Yeah, yes, but I was going to say, don't forget about the pass block. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was hard to watch at times. So, yeah, I mean, he was. <laughs> He was put on his back a lot. He was hurried a lot. And, yeah. you know, Matt's, Matt's one of those guys. If you look at Pro Football Focus, Matt's one of those guys. Since he came into the league, Matt's one of the, you know, he's in the top five for quarterback rating under pressure with a guy in his face, which is incredible because, let's be honest, most of his career, he's been under pressure. So so I think that stat goes a long way right. in terms of kind of telling the tale of what Matt's, Matt's able to do. But I think that's the focus this offseason. I think you're going to see a couple moves um, – at least one move to go get a, a guard in the draft. And I think, you know, Lindstrom will come back. We know what he can do. We know what Jake Matthews can do. Uh, right. Caleb McGarry, and, I, and Rock, I said this to you the other day on our preliminary call. Right. Um, the biggest the biggest step that a, that a offensive tackle takes is between year one and two. So that's where you're really going to see his maturation take place. And, and he's right. going to be able to, to step in and, and, uh, and look like a pro tackle like he kind of did at the end of last season I mean the last the end of last right. season you know the right side of that line between him and Lindstrom looked really really good that's why we won seven of our last eight games I mean they were a big part of that so all they really need to do now I think is hammer down that left guard spot and I think we'll be we'll be back to where we were at least a couple years ago oh yeah Q did you hear that <laughs> no, I heard it. I heard it, but well, we'll see what happens when we face when we face Brady. All right. Oh my God, Brady with a weak front line. It's not the same Brady. Q seems to think that more. Q seems to think that the reason we won those games was because we played bad teams. <clears throat> well, I, I would. I, where I would argue with that is, I mean, yeah, we, we probably had the weaker part of our schedule on the back end. There's no denying that. But at the end of the day, this isn't college football. The NFL is the NFL. And exactly. any team can win any given Sunday. So so the way we went out, not only did we win those games, but we won them in convincing fashion. Exactly. Look at the Jaguars game, the Panthers game, the, the, the Buccaneers game at the very end. I mean, we even rallied in that game and showed some tenacity. I mean, right. so to beat to beat six of seven NFL teams in the season is, is no fluke. I mean, you're obviously beating the best of the best and whether those teams are playoff teams or not, you're, you're beating guys that you're supposed to beat. And I mean, I think that, I think that's why Dan Quinn was retained because he was, they were, it, the, the team was showing fight. Yeah. Yeah. The, me, uh, I, think the, I think the season was kind of backwards. For me, I think the first part of the season was the easy part, you know, teams they should have beat, you know, and I think the second part was really the hardest. When you get in the division games, those are the hardest games to play. And that's all the second half was, a bunch of division games. So, to me, it should have been kind of reversed. We should have started off the winning seven games, you know? Yeah, it was kind of the tail of the season is getting off to a slow start. <laughs> and that was, that was, you know, in the first half of every game and then the first half of the entire season. Because you look, I mean, look at the way, look at the way we went in and handled the Saints in New Orleans. Right. They never, they never had control of that game. We walked in the Superdome that day with a, with purpose and, and just absolutely manhandled the Saints on both in both trenches. 
and and we we showed them that uh, you know we weren't going to lay down no matter what the record was. And uh, I mean, we were in Drew Brees' face all day long. They protected Matt like you know like they hadn't all season. I mean, those guys were. I think that's that game right there. If I had to narrow it down to one, was what Arthur Blank looked at to say, you know what, we're going to give DQ one more shot at this because to go into a division rival with nothing to with nothing to gain and, and to to beat them as convincingly as we did was was something to be you know something to be said about that and he must have missed the uh, he must have missed the Arizona and the Tennessee game no no, no doubt about but, it yeah. but you yeah, know but, what the Arizona yeah, what game the San Francisco game now well yeah I mean you go out and beat a, a Super Bowl I mean we, we beat the Super Bowl representative from the NFC in their own house and we beat the the team that you know that was supposed to be in the Super Bowl in the New Orleans Saints I mean so we right. beat some quality teams in the back end of the year and then we beat the Panthers twice, convincingly. So I mean, we whooped the whooped the Panthers twice, and that was you know any division game is going to be tough. They know you and you know them. That's never a gimme. But um, the Panthers want the Panthers though. At that point, I mean, by the time we whooped them, there was no Cam Newton. It was it was a, they were the worst team in football. They pretty much lost every game they played after after uh, Cam went down. Yeah, I mean their defense. Their defense kept them in games. I mean they were they never got blown out of the building except by us. If you look at their schedule, no one really blew them out except for us because their defense kept them around. Luke Keekley was still there, and they still had guys that could plot out, get after the kid after the quarterback, and and we rose to the occasion. I'm not saying we beat a, a Super Bowl contender in that regard, but hey, to handle your division opponent twice in that in, in that fashion is right. is impressive in in any season, especially when yeah. you. you, you, you you know your your team is doing not doing so well, but we all know when we have our division rival games that those are way different than the normal games that we play. Well, they are. Oh, and, and, my thing is, why not approach all those games like it's a division game? You're gonna play that hard in a division game. Why not approach the whole season that way? Well, I think there's a sense of familiarity because I mean, so with division games, I mean, so you let's compare. So right. we'll take this the first Saints game which was in New Orleans when we beat them. And, and the difference between that and, we'll say, the Titans is we have no familiarity with the Titans. So that whole week that you're game planning and, and doing your preparation and watching film and all that, you're, you're watching these guys for the very first time. You've seen these Saints players, the Cam Jordans, the Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, all those guys. You've seen them two times a year for as long as you can remember. So you know their, you know their, their tendencies and things like that. So they're easy to game plan for. But the NFL is that close. I mean, the difference between the worst team in the league and the best team in the league isn't as far as you think. I mean, it's still the best talent in the world. And and on any given Sunday, the the the, the first overall pick in the draft or whoever holds the first overall pick in the draft can absolutely beat the Super Bowl winner on any given Sunday. And that's, you know, that's the league we're in. So right. should we have handled the Titans? Absolutely. Should we have beaten the Colts? Absolutely. But, you know, unfortunately it's just we didn't we didn't execute the way we should and right. and that falls and, and I'll say it again it kind of falls on the shoulders of Dan Quinn yeah and I, and I agree with you man it, it totally falls on the shoulder of DQ because um, he's the head coach for one and then to have such a stark turnaround at that point uh, by him changing his duties really reflected that but like you said I mean he's Arthur saw enough that you know, he's given him another shot. He took us to the promised land once. So I think that really bought him an extra year. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Sure. Sure. You know. 
But uh, all right, what about what about anything good that you saw last year? Well, I think there's there's just so much promise, and I wouldn't even miss. I would I would kind of twist it this way. I'd say the good is is yet to be seen. I think it's the promise coming in. I, I know that we, we we ended on a very high note last year. We were right. we were red hot when the season ended, and that can be there's you know you you end you end hot. You know, at the end of uh, the end of the season, they can certainly carry uh, success at the beginning, beginning of the next. Right. And with the pieces that we added, um, I just I'm telling you, if, if they live up to the expectation, they go out and execute the way they're supposed to, which I truly believe. And let me give you some reasons why I believe the Falcons will be successful. And, and sometimes I have to take my homework glasses off and say, OK, let's look at this objectively right. and look at this. <laughs> the way a neutral third party would it's hard for me sometimes because there really is a lot of promise there we have so much talent on this on this roster that you really have to look at it and break it down and this is this is these are the points that make me excited for this upcoming season okay one i think the two pieces we added on offense and, and first i'll start with hayden hurst hayden hurst is a very very athletic tight end the guys and He's a fantastic route runner. Um, the only reason that he lost his job up in Baltimore was due to injury. Mm-hmm. And and for, it's unfortunate. Mark Andrews, unfortunately, took his job. Mark is a very, very good tight end. Um, but Aiden is one of those guys that you put him in, in Hooper's spot, and he's going to assume Austin Hooper's role on his departure. Right. He's going to step in, and you're going to see, look, I, I loved Hoop to death. Hoop is a very, very solid tight end for us. But right. Hayden Hurst can do things that – Quite frankly, Austin Hooper could never do, and it's, it's a lot of its athleticism. Yeah. And if you watch a lot of Hayden Hayden Hurst highlights, that was a mouthful. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of his his ability to 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 run the route tree from from the tight end position. He is an absolute stud in the middle of the field, and and don't be surprised when this guy's a Pro Bowler next year. I'm not guaranteeing it. I'm not saying it's a slam dunk, but he has the potential with his athleticism and his abilities to, to make some serious noise. But that's not even who I'm most excited about for the right. upcoming season. I don't think people realize the magnitude of getting a guy like Todd Gurley. If he, if he's if he stays healthy and look, arthritis is no joke. It's it's just not. It's but it's manageable. If you if you take care of it throughout the week and you don't overdo it and you manage it right on game day, it's right. like it. It's going to bother you after the game, unfortunately. That's that's part of the, the, the negative, I guess. But uh, if they use Todd Gurley the way they should, you're not going to be able to defend this this offense with a with a um, with any kind of consistency. And I'm not saying he's a he's a slam dunk to be a Pro Bowler this year, but the opportunity is certainly there. I think he is one of those guys that uh, I mean, look, we've, he was—he's been an All-Pro. He was the Offensive Player of the Year uh, two years ago, and and to to discount that would be would be crazy. Again, there's a lot to be there's a lot to be seen uh, from those guys, but the potential certainly there. And if they if they come in and do what they're supposed to do, this offense will be flat out scary. I mean, there's just no way you're gonna. All of a sudden, you can't. There's you can't load the box. You you you'd be foolish to, because then you're leaving Julio Jones one on one and Calvin Ridley one on one. Right. And and that's just that's just not not feasible from a defensive standpoint. So, um, what do you think, I think we, Dante Fowler. What do, you, what do you think about that, uh, Aries? 
I, I, I agree. I mean, I've, I've always liked Hayden Hurst. I liked Hayden Hurst when, when, when he came out of college. I, that, that was one of the tight ends that, that I was hoping right. the, the Falcon would draft. So uh, he's, he's good to me. I mean, I, I, I think I think him being being added in is going to be a in a big plus. So, right. Yeah, well said. I mean, he's he's just a guy that uh, he's they, you know that you heard this about him at South Carolina. He's an incredibly hard worker. He he lives in the gym and and he just he wants to get better. I mean, he's he's a guy that's going to do exactly what Austin Hooper did the minute Matt Ryan. Of course, when all this coronavirus business goes away, yeah. Matt Ryan's going to call him for private workouts and they're going to get on the same page and right. that's going to show on Sundays if they can if they can build some chemistry in the offseason which I fully expect that to happen yeah because look what you know look what he did with Hooper and of course with him and Tony G and uh, oh man you those know? are the those were the days yep <laughs> you have any interesting uh, Tony G uh, stories uh no I just I nothing nothing personal um, but to 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 watch him in, in pregame, he's a guy that I always watch. Actually, I do. I do have, and it, and it wasn't me directly, but um, uh, years and years ago, Tony's last season and his last game, I met this I met this guy uh, at work who who came in. And I was I was fixing computers at the time, and he was telling me he was a season tick holder, and he'd been a season tick holder since 1971. Oh, wow. And he owned a he owns a he owns a pharmacy, and uh, just a really really nice guy. <clears throat> he didn't even we just we were talking Falcons football, and he had no idea I had any capacity with the team. <clears throat> and he said um, he said I would love to meet Tony Gonzalez for his last game and get this ball. I bought this this white panel football to get it autographed, and he goes I would love to meet him. He goes, but I unfortunately with you know he'll never have another training camp. I, I don't think it's ever going to happen. And I said. I said, uh, actually, Jack. I said, I think. Uh, I said, I think I can make that happen. And he looked at me. And he goes, No way. I said, Yeah. I said, I, I think I can. I said, um, I told him what I, did, what I did for the team, and I said, uh, I said, what I'll do is I will, uh, I'll get you down there pregame with a credential, and uh, and you stand at the tunnel, and when he comes out for warmups, whether he's coming out or going back in, I said, just have your ball and your sharpie ready, and and I'll I'll see what I can do to flag him down for you. Right. Uh, sure enough, Jack was waiting at Gate E at the George Dome that morning. It was it was uh, it was rainy as hell, and and uh, he was there like a like a little kid and, and waiting. And sure enough, he got down there and he flagged Tony down coming back in the in the locker room from. Uh, from warm-ups and Tony signed the ball personally to him and, and uh, that was awesome man just such a class nice. act I mean what can you say about Tony the greatest tight end ever play that's <laughs> undisputable and uh, just for him to be as classy as he is as a player is just it's just incredible nice nice so, so Scott I'm going to bring you back to the present so sure you work with the special teams so what are you seeing that, uh, that's going to make the special teams a little better in 2020 well, I think it's all a question mark right now. I think there's, I think there's a lot of potential there. Certainly, I mean, I think Young Way is a he's a very very good kicker. I've I've seen him up close and personal quite a few times, and and the guy is just he's a very accurate kicker. He's got a very strong leg. I think the longer he's in this league, the better he's going to get. I mean, that's that can be said about really any position. But I think he's a guy that, that works really hard. He's he's young. He he's hungry. Um, I fully expect that. Um, but uh, you know, there's a lot of question marks. You know, we don't yeah. we don't even know who the returners are going to be right now. So it's just you know to say that I feel optimistic about any certain aspects of the special teams would be 
would be kind of outlandish at this point. But I mean, look, I, all you can really attribute it to is say, look, I trust the coaching staff and I trust them to put the right guys in the right places on Sundays and, and, uh, and hope for the best. And, and as always, they always seem to struggle for a return guy. You know, they can't get us past the 20 yard line, you know, like <clears> you said earlier until, you know, Devin Hester days. But it seems like we can't get the midfield anymore, you know, when we're trying to return kickoffs or a punt return. So that I hope they really focus in on, you know, this year. Well, I think they will. I think they're going to find who they think is the best guy for that for that role. And it's, it's funny to think about some of the guys that we've had over the years. And I remember, and this will be a name that you guys kind of go, oh, wow, I've heard that name in a while. But you remember Alan Rossum back in the early 2000s? Oh, yeah. Alan oh, Rossum yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, was, I mean, the guy was a pro bowler almost every year. And he was he was our punt returner and kick returner. He had the, the, uh, he had the, the talent to take it to the house on any given, on any given touch. And, uh, you know, outside of him and Devin Hester and, and sometimes Eric Weems, I don't think we've had a guy that's been consistent for us, you know, Since in a, in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, Weems. I, I, miss, I, miss, I miss them old Tim Dwight days, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's going way, <laughs> way back. The only highlight in the Super Bowl we had back in 98. <laughs> I mean, Tim Dwight, yeah. Oh, I was mad when they let him go. But, I mean, I figured, you know, getting Vic was more important. <laughs> oh, it certainly was. I mean, look, we, none of us wanted to see Tim Dwight go, but man, you had a guy. Look, Timmy D was good, and he was, he was, you know, he's what we needed in that position, but man, Vic came in and lit this city on fire, and I will never, I will never regret that trade. Not that I facilitated oh, yeah. the trade, but man, I, I would, I would take Vic, you know, you know, I, I, look, I, I'll spend yeah, I mean, that's a minute one trade about. I would do to, 10 times over. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'll tell you, and I won't spend a long time talking about this, but, uh, you know, the, the impact that Mike Vick had on the city was undeniable, you know, for him to have come in the way that he did. And, and he just had this, this, this presence about him. And, and with him and Dan Reeves, it was just incredible to watch, you know, his first year as a starter, you know, when we went on that eight game unbeaten streak and I say unbeaten cause we had that tie against the Steelers that year, but man, just to, to, Take the city the way he did. You know, Mike was will forever be in the, the heart of Falcons fans. Right. And I just I, I I can't imagine ever being a fan without watching that guy on Sundays. It, it was every time he touched the football, you were you were holding your breath, going, "Oh, what's he going to do?" And uh, I played quarterback for for many years growing up, and uh, and it took me until my sophomore year, probably halfway through my sophomore year in high school, <clears throat> by my coaches. By my, my coach's uh, guidance, he said, Scott, he goes, I need you to remember something. You run a spread offense, you're right-handed, you're white, and you're slow. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay. I said, paid, paid, paid money type yeah, of Yeah, exactly. And I said, and I, wasn't, that's, I wasn't Michael Big Fast, but hey, I said, you know, there was, I think my senior year, I rushed for like 500 yards or so. And I, I said, you know what? I might be Mike Big. But it was, it was funny because, uh, <clears throat> it was funny because I idolized Mike, man. I, I absolutely, from, I watched every snap he ever took in a Falcon uniform. And, uh, What's and up? I was just, I was a huge fan. Some some people would say that there's kind of there's kind of is a white Mike Vick out there. 
Actually, he's a backup for uh, the Saints. For the Saints? Oh yes, <laughs> that's, that's, what, again. that's what some people say. I mean, you know, take some hill. No, well, no, some I believe it. I believe it. it. would say that. No, some people. <laughs> Look, I, I, I think, I think Taysom, Taysom, credit where it's due, and this tastes bad coming out of my mouth because I hate the Saints with a fiery, fiery passion, but. <laughs> Taysom Hill is, is a good football player and I say football player because he, he does it all I've seen the man block a punt catch a touchdown throw a touchdown pass and run one in I mean the guy's a utility knife when it comes yep. to NFL but we will never ever see another Michael Dick in the NFL not at least well, not for a very long that. time look yeah. look I, look for all the good and I love Lamar Jackson I think Lamar wait, Jackson wait 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 hold on a second yeah, yeah Lamar Jackson let's talk about that one well already broke his record well, the, here's let me tell you why that happened though. Lamar Jackson is is I mean the guy refined his passing skills, incredible athlete. But here's the difference between Mike Vick's rushing yards, his thousand yards, and Lamar's thousand yards. Michael Vick did it when plays would break down. He's looking for a he's looking for guys out in the pattern, and things would break down, and he'd, he'd improvise and take off. A lot of Lamar, the overwhelming majority of Lamar Jackson's runs were designed runs. Not taken away from what he did, but Lamar didn't do the things that Mike could do, and that's that's why the excitement doesn't necessarily follow Lamar the way it did Mike. And 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 what I mean by that is, mm-hmm. when Lamar drops back nine times out of ten, he's going to throw to the the receiver or the tight end on schedule and go go through his progression the way he should. He doesn't. We've seen him do it before. Where he'll 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 get off a read and he'll make something happen with his legs and it's fun to watch Mike did it far more often but the way he made people miss in the open field I, I imagine probably cost a few guys their jobs over the years but there's just the, it's not quite the same Mike was a lot more shifty and at the top end of their speed it just it's not the same Q you I hear you Mike I, I, I hear you and I love you but I'm gonna tell you right now I got an 11-year-old son here at the house, and even today I went upstairs to see what he was doing, quarantined on spring break, <laughs> when we're supposed to be in the Bahamas right now, but I went up there to see what he was doing, and he was watching YouTube videos of Lamar Jackson. This guy is as polarizing, maybe not to our age group, but to, to this younger age group, my son, 11 years old, he to is new generation. Yes, he is this new generation. He he is Mike polarizing. Vick. They love him. He is oh the Mike Vick that they never really witnessed, except for maybe my son, because you know I showed him Mike Vick videos and was like, watch these highlight tapes, and you know, and he likes Mike Vick, but he loves Lamar Jackson. But maybe because you know Lamar is more relevant right now than Mike Vick is. Obviously, sure. you know Mike's Mike's, Mike's not in the league, but. But um, these younger kids really, really, really love Lamar Jackson. I can tell you that. And if you don't believe me, go to YouTube, type in Lamar Jackson, and just see how many videos pop up of people that are put together highlight reels. Oh, and look, and again, there's no denying the talent, man. Lamar is, he's not only is he, he's incredibly talented. I love watching the kid interview. He's so likable. He's so sharp. I, I just, I love listening to the guy talk. He's, he's, he does it right, man. He does it right. Right. There's no he won he won the MVP last year. No one's ever going to deny the talent, but I think to compare him to Mike, their skill sets just aren't quite the same. Man, he's 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 fun to watch, but uh, again, I I don't think Man, he's and he has, very, he very has, He still has a long way to go, though. He still has a long way to go. We've only seen two seasons. Let's let's talk let's talk back. Yeah, let's talk about this again. Let's circle back around. 
four or five years from now, and if he's mm-hmm. still putting up these numbers and still doing these things, then you know we got a we got a serious conversation to have. But you know, Mike was, you know, Mike was special. He came into the league and dominated right away from the quarterback position as far as scrambling. Never saw anybody do anything like that. Maybe some people might say Randall Cunningham, but I don't even know <clears throat> about that. But no, nah, it was. I think I think Lamar is special. Lamar is special, man. And again, I just I don't think he's quite. The, I just I don't know. I don't see the shiftiness and the agility of, of of Mike. But again, I mean, it's you know, hey, teach their own. And, and for everyone that, that that loves Lamar, enjoy the ride, man. They're getting the, I mean, getting Mike the same excitement. Mike two that we got. NFL players crashing to each other like they do in the cartoons. <laughs> yeah, Minnesota Vikings. That Minnesota game. Yeah. yeah. Hey. <laughs> That was just unbelievable. Yes, it was. But right. to, uh, the only thing but to I read about with Lamar, sorry, I was going to say the only thing I read about with Lamar is that he he takes the big hits where you know Mike kind of avoided the big hits. So I wonder, you know, how long can you take those big giant hits? Because he's taken some serious hits over the past couple of years. So you know, I worry about that. That'll that'll hurt him. You know, we don't want him to be in. Doesn't want him to be an RG three situation. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But go, go ahead, um, Scott. Wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. For my for my good, bad, and I just I'm looking forward to the season, man. I think there's there's enough talent acquisition now between, and we haven't even you know seen the draft. And I think we go after the best defensive player available. Right. Um, and I think we go after a guard in the second round. But I, from what I'm hearing, it's going to be the best defensive player available. They're going to plug him in and just you know look. Dante Fowler came to his own last year. That guy has an incredible motor, and his his get off is. Yeah, I think, in, in, and I'll tell you another kind of a dark horse is I think Tech McKinley is going to be. He's playing for a contract. He's playing for the rest of his career this year. The rest of Tech McKinley turned it on in a big way this year. Don't be surprised when Tech McKinley has double digit sacks. I'm serious. That dude has a motor. He's playing for grandma. <laughs> That's right. Hey. Go back to draft night, man. I'll never forget him bringing that picture up of his grandma. And, man, that was... For about 30 years. That's what we're doing for it, man. said he was going to... Made a promise to her and I stuck to it. I made that promise, man. I told her. Before she passed away, I was going to live my dream. I was going to go D1. I was going to get out of Richmond. I was going to get out of Oakland. I was going to go to the NFL. I made that promise to her, man. 30 seconds later, she passed away. And this is what I do it for. This is what I do it for, man. God damn! Get to the damn quarterback! Aries, where were you going to say that's, that's, that's what I've been saying. I mean, about Tack. It, it was just the chemistry between with, with Tack and Vic was off. Tack was that dog. He was going, and, and Vic was just the big old soft t- t- teddy bear. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they didn't mix. When you put when you put Fowler opposite opposite Tack now, right. uh, they're, 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 they're going to fuel each other. It's going to be c- c- competitions. It's going to be crazy. That defense, that defense alive. And, the, and then you yeah, got Brady Jared in the middle. Field. Yeah, I think Al was on the field. Right. And I'm I'm with Al. Uh, okay, we're coming in Tack's, what, fourth season? Hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, the heart, the passion, I see it. You know, I saw it especially draft night, and you know, he he has it more so than Vic. But the the thing that keeps happening is that shoulder, man, the shoulder which he had in college, and he's had two surgeries on the off season. I'm not saying that 
his heart is not there but i'm saying physically can we see much more than we've already seen from tag i mean that's just a good question yeah that's yet to be seen what what were your thoughts on 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 that uh, scott well i think it's just going to be one of those i think he realizes and and i think he's going to have some guys in his year this year including his agent this is look you're coming into your 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 option year or what will be leading into your option year right and if you want to make if you want to make the big time money you want to make millions of dollars per year you better have double digit sacks this year right and, and i think he's that's going to resonate with him because you know the talent's there that guy has one of the best get offs i've seen in a long time it only gets better tax is going to get better when he has a guy that can get there consistently on the other side the point we made earlier, when Fowler's getting there right. on a more consistent basis than than Vic Beasley ever did, right. it's, you know it's going to free tack to it's going to free tack up to do some things that, uh, that you haven't seen him do. It's incredible what can be done on the other side when you have a dominant defensive end on one side. That right. other side can can reap the benefits in a big way, and we've seen it all over the league for many years. I hear you guys. Yeah, I mean that's that's the season that Vic had when he had the uh, who was it? Was it? Seymour or somebody we had? Dwight Freeney. Freeney. Dwight Freeney, yeah. yeah. That's when Vic had that uh that big year. So fifteen sacks. Yeah, because Dwight was getting yeah. double teamed. Exactly. So that's the advantage that uh Tech is probably gonna have with Fowler on the other end. So like I said, we'll we'll see what happens. Like I said, if he stays durable, you know, for sixteen games, you know, he that's probably will have a good season. I, 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 seventeen games now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. So seventeen, been, seventeen won't go into effect until the next season. Yeah, twenty twenty one is going to be the the seventeen game season. The only change this year is the seven teams from each conference that are expanding oh, the playoff okay. So, uh, Scott, that's yeah. interesting. What What are your thoughts on the moves that they've made so far? In particular, like cutting Freeman and Trufant and and uh, Campbell. Well, you had to do it. I mean, there was you know, look, Freeman, Freeman. Had a had a rough go of it last year, and there's no there's that's no secret. But the problem is, is you know, the fan base really kind of turned on Free and forgot all the good he did. He had a three year span where he was second in the league in total touchdowns from the running back position. Right. I mean, people forget that. And Free was very very good for for a nice little stretch there, and he put up numbers relative, believe it or not, to to what Michael Turner did. Um, in a three-year stretch here in Atlanta. So, right. you know, Free will always hold a special place in my heart for the time. You know, he had some big moments. The Super Bowl touchdown was obviously incredible to watch. I'm so happy for that young man. But, right. uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate. It's part of the business, man. And uh, and to watch Campbell go, Campbell was a liability in coverage last year. He really mm-hmm. was. And it, it was, you know, and, and look, I liked him. The guys, and he's he loves the game. That's evident in the way he plays. But, he just didn't quite figure out the coverage aspect of it. Right. Um, and then True Font, you know, look, I love True. True was he was very consistent on the defensive side of the ball, but again, it's it's business. Wow, and you that much money, and you're yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when you're when you're when you're underperforming in terms of your contracts and the monetary value of what you're, you know, right. each season, unfortunately, you know, you're you're expendable at that point. And, and uh, I think Thomas Dimitrov and those guys made a good decision, you know, cutting the guys that they did. Right. No, me, go ahead. Go ahead, Aries. I'm sorry. Um, I want to see what, what's your take on the the DBs we have now, like Oliver and Sh- Sh- yeah. Sh- 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 
Well, Sheffield played really well down the stretch last year. He's a guy that can get up in your face. You know, he's Sheffield's actually, believe it or not, he's you know you ever see that guy in person? He's very strong. Um, he can he can jam you off the line. He's very good in press coverage, um, which which really lends itself to being able to play more physical across the board when you can jam a receiver and throw off the timing. You know, it allows your it, it makes your defensive ends and your defensive tackles it gives them the opportunity to get home. Um, you know, Sheffield's a guy that, and he has great instincts. Incredible athlete. I mean, I think the upside for that guy is is, is big. Um, Oliver's Oliver's one of those. He just figured it out. Week eight, week nine last year, he just figured it out. He for I don't know what clicked in his head in the film room or on the field, but man, he he found a way to 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 produce. And uh, I'm excited to see if that translates into this next year. I'm I'm excited to see Oliver uh, play this year. I really am. The other DB that they that they drafted from 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 um, the the University of Oh, you're talking about um, uh, what is his name? The kid that uh, so it was Kendall Sheffield and uh, you, you know you know the kid from I do I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on his name. I know I can't. Oh, it'll come to me. It'll it'll absolutely come to me. I know it will. This is going to drive me crazy. <laughs> oh man! Um, but look, I think across the board they've got they've got a lot of they got a lot of talent that just needs to be put in the right place. And, it, and really, where it all starts is where it all starts is the the um, the the, um, the defensive line. Right. You know, getting home and and making sure that they uh, you know. Um, Jordan Miller was his name. Jordan Miller. Miller. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Jordan Miller. Yeah, and uh, I, I think Sheffield's the better player, and it's not even it's not even close. But uh, Jordan Miller has a high upside. I think if they work with him long enough, he, he's going to come into his own at least as a role player. And who knows? That could be your your starting nickel for next year. He could be a nickel that uh, you know that we haven't had since Brian Poole was here a couple years ago. Wow. Yeah. Go going back real quick to free. I felt like when Free stopped scoring, we started losing. I mean, that's just kind of what I feel. Well, yeah, anytime you have no threat of a run game, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, that's just that's just X's and O's. I mean, unfortunately, that's the side of football that, you know, when you become one-dimensional and, and you're relying on Matt throwing the ball to Ridley, Hooper, and, and Jones, it, it's that's what you're going to get. I mean, you're not going to win a lot of games throwing the ball 50 times. And when you don't have the balance... And I don't think it was all on free either. To be honest with you, I think the offensive line really let him down in a big way. Because how many right. times did you see Freeman get the football and, and get met by a defender within a second after receiving the handoff? It was, I, it was I hard for him to. I agree. Yeah, that happened a lot. They started to to really lock in on him. So Scott, it's interesting you brought that up about the run game. Now you've been there for a while, so you've seen been through. Cutter twice, am I correct? Dirk Cutter? Mm-hmm. I sure have. What what are what are your thoughts about Dirk? The first time and bringing him back? Well, the first time he he certainly had some good years. I mean, you look at 2012, was it was a really good year. Matt was Matt was an MVP contention. I mean, Matt almost you know, he that was probably his best year until 2016, but Right. And, and a lot of it was schematic. I mean, he ran a lot of he ran a lot of things that Matt was comfortable doing. He, he got the ball in Julio's hands a lot, right. and uh, he played he played to all his players' strengths. I think the one thing that kind of gets 
I guess overlooked with Matt Ryan, I think in, in any quarterback in the NFL, but especially, you know, we watch Matt Ryan more than we watch anybody else. Quarterbacks in their second year in a system consecutively mm-hmm. always tend to do better in that second, third year. And I think Matt coming into that second year with Dirk, where he's going to be able to have a lot more input than he had last year, right. I think is going to bode well. He's going to he's going to say, look, here's here's how we need to use Hayden. Here's how we need to use Gurley. And then here's what works with with Ridley and, and, and Julio on the outside. So you're going to have I think you're going to have a lot of options uh, for Matt and Dirk to kind of key in on. But I think just the comfort level that Matt's going to feel in his second year with Dirk, I think is going to show on the field. If the offensive line does what they're supposed to do, which I fully expect them to do, I think this will be a, a playoff year for us and, and one of the top seeds if, if we do what we're supposed to do. Right. But I mean, you think as long as Matt's been there, he should have been there at those kind of, you know, sayings, you know, as long as he's been with that organization, you know, other than this year coming up, you know. Ooh. Well, it's an unfortunate part of, I mean, you think about how many offensive coordinators that Matt's been through. I mean, look, one of the things that Tom Brady and, and Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers have had the, the, the luxury of is having the same play callers throughout their career for the most part. And and it's hard for any quarterback, any quarterback I mean, to walk into a new system. But when you're the face of the franchise, man, basically, which he is, I mean, it shouldn't matter who comes in, he still should have that that ability to put that input in there and have a strong opinion about certain things, you know? Yeah, but you have to have time behind you, too. You have to have a point of reference for the offense because mid-season, it doesn't quite it doesn't quite have the same impact that you do going into another season because you're really, from season to season, you're kind of redefining the offensive philosophy. So mid-season, it's easy for us as fans to go, they should be sitting in the film room there's really not a lot of time, you know, talking about these things, but there's really not a lot of time for that between the game planning and all those things. Now Matt and Dirk are going to be able to sit down and kind of redefine the philosophy from season to season, and that's where you see the change. And where I would where I would say that's most relevant, you look at the look at the difference between the 2015 and the 2016 season. His first year with Shanahan, and then his second year with Shanahan. His right. first year. It was was a forgettable one to say the least, and then the second year with Shanahan, he was the NFL MVP. So, and it's because he got to Shanahan. I think that's a lot with Shanahan figuring out how to use those tools that he had as well. Well, I think I I think a lot of it, and I can and, and and listen, I've I've heard firsthand, Shanahan. Yes, Shanahan called some very good plays, but Matt has a ton of input on those play calls and those play designs. So a lot of the touchdown passes that you saw Matt throw not only did he physically throw the touchdown pass and throw the ball where it needed to be I can guarantee you that in the in the in the meeting rooms that Matt and and Mike sat down or I'm sorry Kyle Shanahan and, and Matt Ryan sat down right. and and drew those plays up and and what what they were so good at is I guarantee you, and this is I've heard this straight from from coaches' mouths. Mm-hmm. What they would do is they would run. They would have what you call staple plays all year long, and they would they ran them successfully. So whether it's a, a backside post to Sanu, or uh, you know something as simple as a bubble screen to Julio, or something something to you know is a staple in their offense that works and crucial down and distances. What they were so good at is Matt and Kyle would go back to the drawing board during the week, especially in the off season. And, and put wrinkles into those plays 
right. where the defense goes, we know exactly what's coming. And when they think they know what's coming, there's a completely different objective during that play. And they scored so many times off that. And that is the hard work of not only Kyle Shanahan, but Matt Ryan sitting in that film room with, with their, you know, their other coordinators and their other assistants going, Hey, this is what we ran. Here's what we can run off of that to make sure that we're, you know, keeping it, uh, keeping it fresh, so to speak. So, Look, Shanahan did call a good game. There's right. no denying that. But Matt Matt had way more input than you think. And, he, and quite frankly, Matt's the one that went out there and threw those touchdowns. You can call all the good plays you want, but if you're not going out and executing, it's all for nothing. And then, well, see, that goes. I'm glad you brought that up because from 15 to 16, it was a stark difference. But one of the biggest difference that everyone noticed in 16, which also got us to the Super Bowl, is that we were less unpredictable with the plays that they were calling. And it seems like that really helped them get to the Super Bowl because the, whatever Matt and, and, and Kyle were calling were stuff that the, it was, it seemed to go against what the Falcons had been calling up until that point under Dirk Cutter. So my fear when Dirk came back was, is he going to go back to calling the vanilla plays that he did when he was here before? Or are they going to keep that trend of doing something creative with, uh, with what they were, which got him to the Super Bowl? And, and some people would say last season, it was still very predictable. So you, 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 you're thinking that they may try to shake it up because when they shake it up, it seemed to work for us. Well, there's no question they're going to shake it up. And that's what I guarantee that they're having meetings as we, you know, right now, not at this moment, but they've, they've, they've talked and they've said, look, this is, this is what worked last year. This is what didn't work. And let's, let's, you know, throw some wrinkles into the stuff that did work. Here's what I think we can do better. And I think just by virtue of, of putting their heads together and, and, kind of like I said redefining the offensive philosophy right. you're going to see a lot more plays that last year you didn't and you're going to see play designs that you're going to go man that looked exactly like Kyle Shanahan because the reality of the offense is the scheme didn't change when when Dirk came in the philosophy is the exact same that right. Shanahan ran here right. the difference is unfortunately Shanahan was just a better play caller right. than, than Dirk was right right no I agree with that totally alright fellas well uh woo <laughs> We've got a lot of football talk tonight. A lot of good insight. A lot of good insight. All right, guys. And you're listening to the What's Up Falcons podcast. I agree. This sounds like a job interview. <laughs> Always asking questions like he's on a job interview. Like he's trying to get hired, man. But, you know, he is not holding back. Great answers. Great questions. This is this is good stuff, man. Yeah, man. It, you know, it's, it's, it's good to get, you know, a different point of view outside of just us looking at games and going to games and, and just, you know, seeing what we see on television is good to get a, a perspective of someone who's actually close to the team and can, you know, and see the, the fellas up close. Well, go ahead. I'll, I'll say this. I'm there on Sundays during home games. I'm there on the field and stuff. And I don't have, unfortunately, I don't get a whole lot of insight to the X's and O's and right. the philosophies and all that. And it's just stuff that I hear rumblings and all that. But man, what it, what it all comes down to is I'm a fanatic. Right. You know, and I tell you, I love these birds, man. I've I, I don't miss games. I don't miss anything. And it is, it, you know, I, I'm serious, and I, I mean this wholeheartedly. If you guys ever want to come in and uh-huh. do an away game and do a party at my house, and we'll cook out on the deck and we'll come down here and watch the game, there's plenty of room. Y'all come on in, man. I'm serious. I'd love to have you guys for a game and us all enjoy it together. 
Well, let's do it because okay, I. So, so where you best stop? Book, book me a flight. I'm there. <laughs> what, what you I'm in. Uh, I'm just north of Atlanta. I think he's close to okay. you guys, uh, Al and uh, Q, uh, in North Atlanta, oh, okay. Woodstock area. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in like Woodstock, Ackworth area. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, you near me. I'm, I'm in. Um, I'm in Woodstock. And I gotta, yeah. I gotta, you know, I'm, everyone's welcome to come to my house anytime too, man. I got a outdoor living area and a pool, so you know, the first, uh, you know, few games of the season when it's warm outside, we can watch the games and we can, uh, you know, do some uh, backstrokes. Hey, don't throw up new a good time. I'll be there. Yeah, he's so proud of that kiddie pool he built. It's so awesome. Hey, we've been cutting ourselves a lot in that pool this week, just so you know. Please have a virus. <laughs> I guess Harris. What you say? How you have what? Please have on some clothes. We ain't doing the skinny dipping type thing. <laughs> I'll have on clothes and I'll cater Dreamland barbecue just because I know hey, how much you love it. <laughs> yeah, we love dry ass Dreamland. Uh, <laughs> Aries, Aries is the guy that we have to get here. Aries is always he's he's on the West Coast, man, and. Uh, just to give a little shout out to Aries, man, because he's on the West Coast and he represents the Falcons well on the West Coast. And I know he has to deal with a lot of crap from a lot of different people, but Aries is as diehard as it as, as it comes. So we have to have him over. Hold it down, Aries. Hold yeah. it down. Yeah, I do it. I try to do it. You, you do a good job, Aries. Really, you you do a very good job, man. I mean, appreciate it. You you really rep the team very well. I mean, and you, and like you said, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of Falcons fans on the West Coast as well. So um, we got to get you over here, man, and uh, we all get together and, and check out a game together. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Man, I'm yeah, I agree. Like I said, man, anytime you want to come to my house, the the, the it's open. So come on over. After that picture, no, I'll pass. <laughs> Scott didn't know about this inside joke, but uh, we're going to save you, Scott, of, of the inside joke about Q and nudity. Well, you can oh, tell boy. him about it so that he understands. I'm not telling him anything. You <laughs> don't worry. I'll post it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, on Friday, I sent a, I sent a, I sent a back shot to the guys to make them laugh. During the uh, quarantine, at nice. just before I stepped into the shower, so you know I'm out here trying to do what I can. Hey, hey man, humor humor is is is, is 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 medicine, no doubt about it. It is, it is. You're a great man for contributing. I, yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to tell them, but they didn't understand. They thought I was. No, I, I can find different to ways to laugh. <laughs> I can find different ways to laugh, man. You can go on YouTube and watch stand-up for that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you're listening to the Russell Fox's podcast. Um, Scott, now let's talk about the reason that I even uh, found out about you, man, was the, on Twitter. You posted this nice video, man, of your Falcon's man cave and the collectibles that you have. Now, could you explain to everybody your space, how you got it there? And I heard this was your your second one, and all the goodies that you have down there. Yeah, so I just uh, just sold my old house uh, at the end of February, and uh, that was a quick process. And I, you know, the new place I moved into, I had to have a basement, obviously, and 
And I said, you know what? I got to find the right one. So I walked into this one and it had the red flooring. So if you see the video, there's the red and black flooring, which is just unbelievable. It looks so good with all the sold. All the yeah, exactly. <laughs> that flooring is like sold. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was perfect. So as far as the stuff I have on the walls, and I'm, I'm down here now and I'm looking at it. And I've got, so on both sides of my TV, I've got a, uh, I've got a Michael Vick frame jersey press. It's beautiful. It's got, it's one of the custom jersey frames. It's got Mike's autograph on the seven. It's beautiful. On the other side, I've got a uh, Jesse Tuggle with the uh, 25 year anniversary patch. Nice. Um, and it, oh, he signed it, Go right Falcons. Here. So it's so it's custom in a custom frame. And of course, the Hammer Man. Anyone that ever watched that guy play knew knew what kind of. Uh, um, uh, tenacity he played with. He was he was one of the greatest Falcons of all time. Uh, if you pan over and there's a one of the the first thing you see in the video is a jersey with the ATL lounge uh, a name on it. So that jersey hung in the Miller Lite ATL lounge at the Georgia Dome for many many years, oh, and. So I, I got that um, when the George Dome shut down, and I was lucky to find it, man. And it is, I love it for what it is. It's just, it's, it's amazing to look at because it, it hung in the George Dome for for so many years. Right. Um, I just, I, I, I love it. Um, you come over one more, and you've got the Chris Chandler jersey. That is a game worn. Um, Chris Chandler jersey. He wore that against the 49ers in the regular season. Um, nice. Uh, I'm in the 1998 year, so that was kind of cool. Okay. Um, the next one over, Keith Brooking. Oh, yeah. Keith Brooking, uh, that's a team issued uh, with the Tackle Twill uh, jersey. So it's team issued, signed by Keith. I was a big Keith Brooking fan. Um, probably one of my very favorite pieces. I won't say it's my absolute favorite, but it's one of my favorite pieces is the next one over is an Algie Crumpler jersey. Oh, yeah. And the significance of this my jersey guy. is, oh yeah, and I loved Algie. The significance of this jersey is Algie wore this in the first game I ever attended against the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Uh, wow. So this is game worn against the Bears. First game I ever attended. I never thought in a million years I'd have it hanging on my wall, but here it is, and he signed it. Um, wow. Really cool. Uh, the next one is a replica, but it is Patrick Kearney. I was a big Kearney fan. That guy was a dog. He he. I mean, he just got after every quarterback he ever lined up against. Yeah, I loved so, him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next one over, Roddy White signed um, game issued um, 2011 um, beautiful pad cut jersey just absolutely phenomenal um, the one next to that one is Matt Ryan Matt wore this jersey and he only wore this this color jersey the black with the new logo on it mm-hmm. two times he wore this one against the Carolina Panthers his rookie year um, so really really cool love that jersey um Probably my favorite piece that I own is the one next to that one, and that's Michael Turner. I'm a huge Michael Turner fan. I met Mike uh, a few months ago and had this jersey. It was at a signing, and he signed it to me, signed his name. He wore this against the New York Jets in 2009. Wow. Turner Up in New York. Oh, yeah. Burn. Um, the human bowling ball so, is what I call it. Oh, man. I loved him. Are you um, in the market to buy anything? Always. <laughs> All right. Always. I got a I got a done I got a done jersey for you then. Oh nice. I'm actually you know what believe it or not, I'm in I'm in talks with the guy on eBay for a game worn uh, from two thousand four. And I gotta find a frame for it, but I think I'm about to buy it. But send me what you got, okay. man. I, I, I I'm, I'm it's not game worn, but it's just uh yeah, it's just a 
I had one for the longest time and then he left the team and then I was able to meet him and get one. So I got that. But it sounds like you're a big fan. So I always give away my stuff. You know, Aries can tell you, I, I sent him a Roddy White poster that was given to me. So I'll, uh, you know, I have no problem just giving it to you. If you want uh, the work done to contribute to your cave and just send me a ton of pics so I can just, um, you know, have the pics to show my friends. Absolutely. Absolutely, I appreciate that. Yeah, that bar, that bar is nice too. I, I mean, I mean, with, with the with the with the falcon symbol on the bird seats. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got the I've got the the mat underneath it. Um, got the the uh, the bar stools, falcons bar stools, and I've got the uh, the logo on the wall. I love it. And with the other, and of course, I've got the second TV down here to watch whatever AFC games on on CBS. So right. both two TVs works, you know, in a big way. If you go over to the uh, to the the far wall by the uh, by the bar, I've got this tall display case with the with the uh, with the lights. Yeah. This is kind of cool. This, these are some of my favorite items. I'm sure you noticed the cleats that yeah. were at the very on the very top shelf. Um, yeah, those were those were Roddy White's Pro Bowl cleats. Oh, sweet! And he, and he, and he signed them. Yeah, really. That's probably one of my favorite pieces as well. So I love that. Um, uh, underneath, there's a Pro Bowl helmet with the Pro Bowl logo on it from 2005, and all the Falcons that made the Pro Bowl that year signed it. So I've got Algie Crumpler, Patrick Kearney, Keith Brooking, Ike Reese. Um, Michael Vick, all the pro bowlers from that year signed that helmet, so that's a really cool nice. piece. I've got a Julio Jones signed football underneath that, and then a Michael Turner signed football underneath that, and then I've got the Julio Jones custom jersey hanging on the wall beside it. I love this jersey because I'm such a huge Julio fan. Um, and then, of course, the entrance as you walk in is just littered with autographed pictures and custom frames when you walk in. And it's just some of my favorite players of all time. One, two, three, four Michael Vick <laughs> uh, <laughs> photos that are signed and everything else is just custom from like uh, Keanu Neal, Tony Gonzalez, Roddy White. Just uh, some of my favorite players that ever put on the uniform. Now, I saw you have. That's that's awesome. Hey, Rock, we got to get him uh we got to get uh, Ovi Mahaley to sign something for him and send to him because we can do that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, we can probably pull that off. That'd be yeah. amazing. We can pull that off, I think. Yeah, yeah. show him that video and be like, hey, you got to contribute something nice to this uh, <laughs> to this game. I, I think he'd do it. He's been on our show like three or four times, and he's a super cool dude, man. Yeah, I think nice. we can do that. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hit him up on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, that man cave is just uh, that's a dream right there. Now, what, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. What are the uh, the orange cones? Is that the uh, goalpost cone, uh, cones with the uh, pylons? Pylon, okay, yeah, cool, pylons. Cool. Okay, yep. Oh wow! One one is signed by Jamal Anderson, the what? Dirty Bird, the original <laughs> Dirty Bird. Yep, and the other is signed by Dan Quinn. Yep. Oh wow! Impressive, man. Yeah, yeah my only are are my Julio gloves and my hat. Oh, nice. Very cool. The only jersey that I have is my Julio jersey, which I got at the CNN Center. He didn't sign it, but hey. <laughs> my- hey, jersey is a jersey. Exactly, exactly. Well, you can go down to, you know, you can get it signed at the, um, at, well, I guess it won't be open to the public this year. I guess the preseason won't be open to the public this year, right? Uh, I'm guessing I we can already, you can already cancel they're that. They're speculating. Right. Yeah, well, they're speculating, but I think it would, uh, I think by training camp, all this stuff will go away. I really do. I think I think we're closer than so. we think to going back to normal. Right. I hope so too, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope so. I hear baseball is going to do 
games without fans in the seats. But hey, it's live sports, and the only thing I've been watching live is pro wrestling, and it's weird to watch pro wrestling without uh, fans in the crowd. Oh, yeah. I watched WrestleMania over the weekend. It was weird. I bet. I'll tell you, my, my probably my second favorite piece in this entire room is I've got this custom piece, and it's got it's it's got four compartments in it. It's a picture. It's all framed, but it's got four compartments in it. It's got my last name, like a jersey plate. It's got the logo, but the two pictures on either side of the logo are me standing with Matt Ryan and me standing with Michael Vick in two different photos. Whoa! Yeah, really, really cool. You know, two of our two our two franchise quarterbacks. Man, I've got pictures with both nice. of them. Um, so it's you know it's really cool. People always ask about that one. So very. Nice. Oh, and I tell you what, I I tell you what, I just bought, man. I bought a custom piece. I picked it up yesterday, as a matter of fact, and it is it is a three part picture. It's in a big frame, and it's the DVD backfield. It's got Duckett, Vic in the middle, and then Dunn on the other side. Oh, and nice. it's amazing. That's my favorite. That's my favorite backfield right there. Oh yeah, awesome. mine too. Yeah, the DVD. Yep. DVD. That, yep. And is that on the video? It's not. I just got it yesterday. Oh, that's right. I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll send you guys. I'll send you guys. Do me a favor. Someone take my number, okay. and if y'all want to start a group thread on a text message thread with me in it, yeah, I'll send you guys the new video. I actually have an updated video of the cave. I've added a few more things since I took that video. Definitely. Yeah. No, we'll do that because I want to. If it's okay with you, I want to um, add this part since you know our podcast is mostly audio, but I would love to add this part as a YouTube video. Just have us talking about it. But have your video showing the things that you're talking about, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. And I'll send you the new one to, to sync up with it. Okay, cool. That works out great. Awesome. Good deal. Very nice. Well, man, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. This is awesome. Anytime you guys ever want me to come back and, and be a guest, man, I'd love to do it. You guys are you guys are awesome. Thanks, Scott. I, I got, I got oh, yeah. One more question. One more question. Sure. When can we expect these new jerseys to drop? <laughs> the fourteenth. The fourteenth. Thank um, you. Is, yes, they're going to be on the fourteenth of this month, and believe it or not, they've actually already leaked. I just saw them today. What? what? <laughs> yep. I'm checking Twitter right now. They're pretty cool. The black on black is probably going to be the the best look we have. Uh, it is going to be. Super nice. So we can clean this up. What did you find out? Yeah, can we see it on Twitter? I'm sure you can. I'll tell you what, I've got, I've actually got the pictures saved in my phone. So, Rock, if you want to start a group thread with all of us, um, I'll send you guys the new jerseys and the uh, the updated video of the cave. All right, bam. I would do that tonight, (laughs) sir. (laughs) Good deal. Can we, um, can we, can we show our fans the uh, the jerseys or, or no? Woo. I I assume, it's all over the internet. Fire. So I don't know I'd be. Oh, I guess yeah, it's I think, it all over it's fire. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun. All right, cool. Well, Scott, man, I want to thank you, man, for taking the time to talk to us, man. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you gave us a lot to think about, and uh, and we really that was like an interview, sir. You're hired. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah, <I> man. Accept. <laughs> so yeah, man. If we'll we'll love to have you back any any time, man, and. Uh, yeah, man, and stay in touch, and I'll definitely get that thread started. So, uh, I really want to thank you. Thank you, guys. Anytime, man. Like I said, text me. I'd love to love to start a group chat with you guys, and I look forward to many more of these. All right, cool, cool. All right, you have to be breaking down some games. <laughs> Indeed. Oh yeah. Indeed. All right, Scott, man. We'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Yes. Thanks again. No problem. Right, Thank you. Bye. All right, fellas. What y'all think about that? That was pretty cool. Hey, that was awesome. 
That was awesome. That was awesome, man. That was that was one of the best. He had insight, man. He had insight. He was good, man. Yeah, yeah. He. he you know, I just I, I just saw the jersey. <laughs> Say what? Oh, you just saw I'm the jersey? Out. Shoot him out, Eric. I just saw the jersey. Shoot him out. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Texas. Yeah, and uh, and, I'll, and I'll still get that group chat going on with him, man, because you know he he seems to be really in it. So. Um, all right, fellas. Well, uh, I'm going to wrap this up. All right, fellas. Well, uh, I want to thank everybody for checking us out. And as always, you know you where you can check us out at. We're on uh, whatsupfalcons.com. You can find us on Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google, uh, Spotify, hopefully. And definitely check us out exclusively at Armchair All-American. And they are still promoting us and putting us out there. And uh, don't forget to hit us up. Hit us up on Twitter with any questions or whatever. You know, we'll try to answer it. And if you want to see a new picture of Q, hit us up. We'll send it to you because Q has no shame, apparently. And uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm turn the front. I'm gonna save everybody from even seeing that. You don't want to see it. So <laughs> I'm just gonna see I'm gonna see the, the front version next week. We don't want the front. Burn. We'll, we'll send that. I, I, I don't. I don't have a magnifying glass <laughs> close by, so I don't want to the front first. But Q, I tell you what, I can forward it to Sammy if you'd like. I'm sure he would appreciate a front. Hey, and a, that gets him back on the show. That's good ratings, man. He's he's. Uh, you know, I, like, I like the red ones. I'm I'm sorry. I, I like the red the red jerseys with the black fade to it. Oh, okay. See, Aries is looking at the jerseys right now, man. So. We got to check that out, man. And maybe we'll do a show about that next time we all talk. Harry, send that out right now while you got it, man. I, it's, it's in the chat. I, I, I texted everybody. Oh. No, I haven't, I got, I I haven't got it, it yet. yet. I haven't got yeah, it yet. Yeah, me neither. I don't get to do. Okay, hold on. I'm going to resend it. But uh, while he's doing that, we're gonna we'll talk about that on the on the next show too as well. Y'all heard about the quarantine before we get off, man. Y'all heard about it. It's in the black community extra hard. People thought the black community couldn't get it. It's sending us extra hard. You so. thought people in the black community right. couldn't get it. Well, I mean, I always knew, but I was just being extra ignorant. <laughs> more than normal? Y'all are ignorant. <laughs> yeah, more than normal, extra. But now Aaron's I'm scared. Aaron's made me glad I got an iPhone, though. <laughs> 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 what? what That's funny as shit, Algie. We, we, can't, we can't get the pictures, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, what made you switch, Algie? What made you switch? I'm, I, have, I have a, a bad connection right now. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what it's it is. Hey, Rock, Rock, can you do the Rock? Can you do the Zoom right now? We can all no, talk for no, five no, minutes no, on I, Zoom. No, 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 no I can't. You gotta go. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta pee, man. <laughs> you go pee and come and bring your ass back and just do the Zoom. Uh, I can't do the Zoom. That's a big setup thing, man. I don't know how to do it yet. Oh. But we'll, I'll set it up. Q wants us to do it, a Zoom uh, get together, fellas. Maybe we can do one. This a virtual weekend. reality party where we yes. all got our brews and we just talk yes. and laugh and have fun. We don't have to talk Falcons. We can just talk anything. But we all be able to see each other and drink a brew and right. and chill. And I'll try to set that up sometime this weekend. And we can also celebrate your humble yeah. host's birthday. Because an Aries has a birthday too, so maybe we can do like a Aries birthday party. Oh, Me and yeah. Aries. Yeah, yeah, mine is on next Monday. All right, cool. Well, I'll send out the this this coming Monday. What is it? What is it? April thirteenth. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. You're the. Oh, I got it too. Yeah. Oh. Okay. You're the day after. Uh, Harry's. You're the day after my my mom is the eleventh. My dad's the twelfth. Harry's is the thirteenth. I won't forget it. Right. Put you in your family now, Harry's. I got you. 
<laughs> and when is mine, Q? On the night. Al G knows me. <laughs> it's it's, 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 it's uh, the Thursday. No, well, I won't miss it. My wife has your birthday under control, Rock. All right, all right. I've never missed your birthday. My wife would let me know when I wake up that morning. It's it's your birthday. It's I think we're gonna hit the road tomorrow. So wish me luck. We'll see what happens. All right, man. Good luck on your trip. And fellas, yeah. if that is it, I'm gonna wrap this up, and we will talk to y'all next time. Peace. Peace. All right, peace. peace. See ya. Check out the What's Up Falcons podcast exclusively at armchairallamericans.com. Subscribe to the What's Up Falcons podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Listen to the What's Up Falcons podcast at whatsupfalcons.com.